Hey, this is Coco. And this is Mike. And this is Rock and Vino, where we talk about wine, music, and food, and how they all go so well together. The end of a long weekend here for the Rock and Vino team. Don't mind my voice. As, <laughs> as we like to say, you can find uh, past episodes all over the web, wherever great podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple Music, Stitcher, all those places. This week's episode also being featured online at Riff Magazine at riffmagazine.com. Find some Aftershock coverage there. Find it on social media at Rock and Vino, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to follow and like the page and stuff like that. And, uh, and subscribe. Can we, right. we can't say subscribe enough because that is very helpful to us. And give us, us five stars. Exactly. And someone forever. Someone gave us four. That's rude. I took it so personally. I know. Like, what? What can we do for you? Like, exactly. Send you wine. <laughs> we could actually, if you gave us four stars, we'll send you wine. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, as you'll hear in this episode, it's been a long weekend for the Rock and Vino kids. Uh, aftershock weekend. The amps are the amps are turned off. The lights have turned down. There's nothing left here at Discovery Park. So sad. This three, was an epic weekend. An epic three day weekend of festivalage, uh, headlined by Slipknot, Blink One Eighty Two, and Tool, along with every band in rock you could imagine. I mean, basically everyone was here. Just a, a who's who of rock. A crazy week. Uh, who were some of your favorites? Oh my God, I can't even. Um, okay, so. I would say uh, Motionless and White was fantastic, but they always put on a really great show. Um, I really loved I Prevail. Um, Hailstorm. I mean, duh, they're amazing. Love the Hailstorm. But for some reason, like this particular performance just, I don't know, it just was kind of epic. It was just a really great performance. Um, And Slipknot, I would say. And Stained. I guess stained were good. I mean, it was nice to hear some of those throwbacks from. Yeah, like, absolutely. I you know, agree. so really great. I mean, well, okay, that was my day one. That was yeah. <laughs> okay. Hold on. Okay. <laughs> that that was just all the bands from day one. Seriously. Okay, day two. Um, sick puppies for sure. Love, love, loved, loved. Bad flower. They were yes. freaking epic. Highly suspect. I love them so much. They're amazing. I unfortunately missed Bad Religion, but I would have liked to have seen them. They always put on a great show. STP, so on top of the, the, the new dude, he's good. Approved. And then the reason why my voice sounds like this, bring me the horizon. <laughs> so good. I love them. I can't even express how much I love them. I love them so much. So anyway, that was an epic performance. Um, and then Sunday, today, um, okay, Gojira killed it. A day to remember is another reason why my voice sounds like this today, too. <laughs> um, Deadland Ritual was fantastic. Yeah, a lot of fun there. And uh, so if, for those of you who don't know, um, that is a band consisting of, um, <clears throat> hello, Geezer Butler, um, Steve Stevens, Billy Idol. He was in Billy Idol. Um, Frankie Perez from Apocalyptica. And oh, one of my favorites, Matt Sorum. Great, Matt Sorum. I love him. So, um, corn was great today. Tool was, you know, was freaking epic. They, they're, they're like light show and I don't know, visuals are just unbeatable. I, I thought this year was so far beyond. I, I think Tool played two or three years ago and this set was so far beyond. Like w everything they brought was just dramatic and visual and everything that you would imagine their set to be. Yeah. I would say it was. Yeah. Everything. So, so good. 
Darest we touch on a low light? Um, I believe there was only one low light. Oh, well, mm. he was having a bad day. He was having a bad day. Evidently. Um, he had a bad like, day the last time we saw him, too. I True. <laughs> I, I, if you're curious, uh, you, you may want to read about Marilyn Manson's set. It, it, it was maybe the most uncomfortable I've ever been watching live music before. I mean, I think my face was just like in like a really distorted, like what the is, mm. is going on. So we'll we'll chalk it up to a bad day for Mr. Manson. Yeah, we found out that his like tattoo artist died or something. So yes, maybe he was just really sad. Apparently so. Okay, a- as is his guitarist now. So uh, touching real quick on the food yes. situation. The yeah, food was pretty good. Food was good. Food's come a long way. Food has come a long way. Uh, Gerard's Paella was there from Santa Rosa. Ger- what? Yeah, I missed Gerard's Paella. You missed Gerard's Paella. Well, that was a fail and on if my you part. You were from Santa Rosa. You got a double scoop. Oh, geez. Gerard was there himself? <laughs> I don't know if he was. Uh, but well, he usually is, so. Uh... I got, of course, surprise, surprise, chicken fingers and fries. Of course. They were pretty delicious. Um, But you know what? I have to say, though. Okay, so the first day I got some chicken sliders. Those were hella good. And pizza. That was really good, too. Um, The second day, day two, I did not eat a single thing because oh. I was just too busy in my own music world of epicness that I just <laughs> did not even think to eat. And that rarely happens. Details, details. Yeah. Like, who needs food? I'm pretty sure all I ate was two bowls of mac and cheese. <laughs> which were worth it. Okay, so mac and cheese is where it's at for you, Mike. Okay, cool. <laughs> I, I never right. turned down mac and cheese. No. Uh, shout out to Aftershock for taking care of the media. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, they did. They did. Shout out. It's not always that way. So when it is, it's kind of cool. Danny Wimmer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where we also got to try the Metallica beer. That's true. And the blackened Metallica whiskey. Yes. Really, really good. Looking most likely to be a future episode of Rock and Mino. Sure we'll dive so. deeper into this. But uh, they did a good job on it. Yeah, they were epic. And a lot of times with that stuff, you never know if it's just like, eh, let's let's put our name on this whiskey. But no, they did. It's it's well-crafted, very good. I'm not an expert in it, but you can tell that it's quality stuff. It was flavorful. Quite tasty. Exactly. Easy. went down easy. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, and uh, and we talked to some really fun people this week. We uh, This did. week. This weekend. Feels like a no, week. it feels like a week. <laughs> no, we did. We had some really, really fun interviews. Uh, I guess we'll, I guess may as well go in chronological order. Uh, the aforementioned Motionless and White. Mm-hmm. Uh, great, great, great. Great, 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 great. <laughs> uh, Chris Mosenless sat down with us after the set on Friday. So nice. So nice. Just w- one of the nicest people we met all weekend. Just, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But I've talked uh, talked music, talked about the band, talked about uh, his favorite bands. Yeah, and, I have an uh, idea. Why don't we listen to it yeah, right now? Let's talk to Chris from Motionless and White. Okay. Here backstage at Aftershock 2019 in Sacramento, California. Chris Motionless, Motionless and White. Amazing set today. Thanks so much for sitting down with us. Thanks for taking the time. No worries, guys. Thanks so, for having me. Seeing that we're out here at Aftershock, what's uh, what's the festival experience like? Uh, I mean, we know as a fan what it's like. What's it like as a band to be out at something like this? Well, for for us, uh, you know, we, we're not a headliner, so we... Uh, are usually kind of playing in the in the daylight, which is very different for us because we're so used to the club environment. And you know, furthermore, we're a lot of makeup and a lot of uh, melty parts of us. Yeah. That yeah, <laughs> so uh, it's getting used to that a lot. That that's I would say the biggest change for us. 
Um, aside from that, for me, it's it's like being at a theme park that day because like I I can't be in the bus. Like I I get sick if I'm just sitting there. So having the opportunity to like be out and about and doing something all day is like a dream come true. So. You could find me. I'll be out there watching everybody else after we're done in this tent. Nice. And uh, it's such a cool environment to be a part of. So, yeah. Are, are there specific bands you want to see throughout the day? Are there people you may not necessarily tour with that you're like, oh, I have to see that song? Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, of course, Slipknot. Uh, we, we played with a very similar to this lineup uh, like two weeks ago in Louisville on Louder Than Life. And I watched uh, Stained play, yeah. which was like it blew me away so I'm absolutely gonna go watch them again um, I think uh, I think I already missed Beartooth and I prevail but uh, I think I yeah I'll, I guess stained and slipping out of the two the two I'm gonna go make sure I get to see and are you guys here just for today or are you just today sadly got okay. I, I wish we we're here for the Manson show know, right? or uh, some of the other bands yeah it'd be awesome to see everybody You've been on the road for the new album, uh, Disguise, released this year. Uh, hit the road with Atreyu, hit the road with uh, Alice Cooper and Hailstorm. Uh, just so many amazing bands. What, what's the experience been like on the road this year so far for the band? Uh, it has been very diverse, as you just described. <laughs> like, being, being on tour with, with Alice Cooper was such a wild experience because it's not something I ever expected would happen in it's our such career. A legend, right? Yeah, it, it yeah. just came out of absolutely nowhere so to try to like even just accept that reality was uh interesting but we it was one of the more cool opportunities we've had on a tour because we were playing to fans that i know for a fact would never get a chance to see us or make any effort to come see us and i think we did a really good job with uh letting those fans know like hey we're here to have fun we're not we're not here to like be super serious and cross like we're here to have fun you know and just like you are and they really came around and like every song in the set list they were like okay I, I like this a little bit more um so just seeing reactions of of some like parents and grandparents that were with their kids like start to come around and it, it's yeah it was awesome we played to so many generations of, of people it was great so we were talking about this a little earlier um, when you're meeting one of your heroes as a fan, there's a way you go in. You're like, oh, are they going to be what I think they are? You know, what, what's that going to be like? Uh, when you're a band on tour with, say, a, you know, someone you look up to, uh, you know, what, what are you guys saying as a band? Are there things you say going in? Like, oh, I hope, you know, I hope they're oh, yeah. what they're hope, you know, what I picture them to be. Like, what's it like being on the road like that? It's 100 percent. I'm sure it's probably the same for what you guys might be like in the sense that, like, you're interviewing these people. You want to you hope that they're, you know, That's nice, true. nice people and not super short or closed off um yeah it's it's very much exactly what you described like we we've we've had this bizarre like string of the past couple of years where we keep getting to do these tours with artists that are so big for us like we did slipknot in 2015 corn and breaking benjamin in 2016 like it just keeps happening and every time we go into it by now, you would think that we'd be like, oh, well, all these bands have shown to be like the nicest people. We should expect that going forward. But there's always that like, oh, man, like, is, is Alice Cooper going to be like, cool? Is he going to be like, don't go near me? Because there have been people like that. Um, but fortunately, all the ones that we looked up to the most, they're super, super cool. And they like restore your faith in what the word like rock star yeah, means, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. I think in the rock world, too, like 
what I think people see that maybe aren't necessarily in the rock world, they assume that yes. like we're aggressive and angry and whatever. And then honestly, they're the nicest people ever that yes. you will meet. Yes, yes, like, yes. Alex Cooper, I've never met him, but from what I've heard, he's just like uh, the sweetest little human. Well, when you do meet him, you're going to be like, wow. Another another one that just proves proves the stereotype wrong. Yeah. Yeah. It's and the Atreyu guys too. Those yeah, guys are so rad. So fun. Love like them. Their their whole like I feel like they're just a party everywhere you go. Yeah. So they're they're great to be around too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You mentioned Breaking Benjamin before you guys got to go on the road together. Uh, both coming out of Pennsylvania. Did you guys come up together at all? We'd cross paths along the way or just uh cross paths sort of, but not they were just bef- like they couple years before we really got off the ground um but i i've seen no band more times than i have breaking benjamin like i i've I've been going to their club shows since they were doing covers and like that is like the hometown pride thing for me like i get to say like i've seen breaking ben play covers (laughs) and tinks or something you know in scranton or whatever and uh it's just so rad to like see what's happened with them because i ben's like my favorite singer so i I uh, I love it. I, I support everything that they do. They're one of those bands that like can't do any wrong for me. So uh, it, they were a little bit ahead of us, but I'm glad that we share that with them. That we're both from PA. Now uh, I mentioned the new album out a couple months back, doing really well. Uh, when you're going in to write a new album, um, you know, there's so many. You, you, the band has so many influences. I mean, you know, there's metal, some electronic, some you know, melodic still. Uh, what's kind of your mindset about you know songwriting and when you're just getting started um, how do you go about just diving into it <laughs> that is a, that's a loaded question <laughs> but to, to try to paraphrase my long my would-be long answer it's uh, we really try to set like a goal for what we want going into each one and then we know that there's gonna be some interesting turns and curveballs that happen throughout that and where I feel like most bands might not feel comfortable enough to like maybe focus on those curveball wild card songs that just pop up that's where we thrive we we chase that we want to feel like the things that popped up creatively that weren't intentional are being nourished uh, and that's where we've gotten some of the more really cool unique songs that we've had and uh it's it's cool to have a goal it's cool to get what you want out of the record but then walk away with some three or four songs that you're just like whoa where did that come from this feels great to have this and then on top of that see fans react to it in a way that's positive it's like you can't ask for anything better so in a setting like this i mean what's it like to be on stage and you know i saw you out here earlier today to tell thousands of people to to you know jump up and down yeah. and you just see this sea of people yeah what's that like on stage it's really it's awesome especially when they respond like it you know with the alice cooper tour we mentioned that was like you can't you can't go into it being like all right bang your heads it's just it's not gonna I work want a pit now it's not gonna work uh so it's cool to be able to kind of have experience enough where we could read the room uh you know when a festival like this people are here to, to go hard yes. you know that going into it so it's it doesn't require as much effort, but the fact that you still have to go up there and make sure that you're doing your job and getting people to, to feel like they got their money's worth, that they're here to have a good time, like, it's on you to do that, you know? Um, it's it's a cool responsibility as an as a earlier band on the bill, and uh, the fact that they respond and do it, it's just like, hell yeah, let's, <laughs> I'll see you next time. 
So just uh, kind of wrapping up festival season here, um, where does the road take you from here? I think you have some headlining dates coming up. And yeah. So where, where, what's next for you guys? We are nonstop touring. It's like we, we make a record, we go on tour, and it never ends. Uh, we are going to go to U- to the UK, uh, Europe, and Russia right after this. Wow. And then we're going to do a tour in January with, I won't, I can't reveal who it is, but they are on, on at this festival today. Ooh. So Ooh. That, that narrows Teaser. it down a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're today. really, yeah, today oh, okay. on, on the bill. This, I'm not gonna say it. Okay. <laughs> stop okay. trying to stop trying to get it out. Uh, yeah, they're on today. They they uh, super cool guys and, and good friends. So we're excited to do a tour with them, and that'll be in January. And then I'm sure more will pop up after that until until festival season begins next spring. Yeah. And we meet again, uh, Chris Motionless, Motionless and White here at AfterShock. Thanks so much for sitting down. Thanks for having me, guys. You guys were very, very nice and fun to talk to. <laughs> that was Chris from Motionless and White. Thanks so much to him for taking the time. Check yes. out their new album, Disguise. Thank you, In Chris. stores now. Yes. Amazing. Moving to Saturday. Uh, we talked to one of my favorite bands. Uh, yeah. The, the, tr- the great trio that are Sick Puppies. Is Sick Puppies? Is or are Sick Puppies? Uh, you know. Uh, they played very early on Saturday, which at a festival, I think can be a tough thing. Absolutely. If, well, and same with Motionless and White. That's true. They played yeah. early as well. They did both the play early. It can be a little tough to get them loose before yeah. they've had some alcohol. Yeah, you never know quite what to expect. And Sick Puppies went out there, and they grabbed the crowd, and they shook them, and didn't let them go until the end of the set. Yeah, song. they killed it. And they even kind of uh, uh, threw in a fun little little surprise there with the Rage yeah. the Machine cover. It had a little bit of rage in there, and yeah, re- real heavy, real fun, real varied set, and debuted a new song. So we got a chance to sit down with all three of the sick puppies, Brian, Mark, and Emma, and uh, we got some details. I, I think we're breaking news. Maybe. It's possible. Uh, it yeah, we, we get to break news sometimes on here. Uh, so yeah, if you're a sick <laughs> puppy like fan. I need a little sounder for that. So yeah, let's check out our conversation with Mark, Emma, and Brian of sick puppies and find out what they've been working on. Live back here at Aftershock, Sacramento, talking with Sick Puppies, Brian, Mark, and Emma here joining us. Thank you guys for taking the time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. So a kind of special trip for you guys. You don't get to make it out to Northern California a lot. So uh, what's your day been uh, here at Aftershock? Do you get to see any of the bands? Is it a fun experience for you? What's the festival experience as a band? Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, uh, we just realized, you know, we all live in California. So this is our first big festival we've ever played, I think, in in California, so it's great. We just, yeah, we're all in LA, so yeah, we just drove up six hours. It was easy. Well, it took ten hours with the fires. With interesting story, but yeah, we had a, we had a massive detour, but we made it. It's all good. Uh, great set. I mean, yeah, the bunch of crowd surfing going on. The crowd was uh, was rolling, and a, a little bit of a, a special touch debuting new song. It, um, there goes the neighborhood. So, what? Uh, when did uh, when did you guys decide that this was the right time to roll that out? I mean, we were working on the song for a little bit. We've been we've been working on a new album for over a year now. Um, so we haven't been playing too much. A few festivals here and there, some military shows we've been fortunate enough to be a part of. Um, but we've just been hunkering down for over a year working on this. And uh, you know, it starts to just itch. You just want to like, oh, you just want to play them all, you know, because the album's going to be dropping early next year. I don't have the exact date, but it's going to be coming like very early and of course we'll be blowing it up everybody will hear about it for sure but um, just wanted to get something out there and it felt like a good time you know for one of these awesome rock festivals to, to unleash it so I think it went over pretty good it felt good 
It was cool. I thought sure. this, it had a, a little bit of a Rage Against the Machine feel to it, which was cool because you paired it with the Rage Against the Machine cover. Um, uh, was that sort of the, the influence you were going for in, in when you were writing it? Uh, actually, yes, it was, because <laughs> we were just, you know, like Rage is such a great band, and, 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 you know, they're a fantastic, legendary band, and we just love their, just their raw anger and energy, and so we were like, hey, why don't we, you know what, like, like let's, let's harness that a little bit, because we love them so much, and so let's, let's borrow a little bit from it, and then, and then just, we just ended up writing that song, so yeah. Yeah, very aggressive song. It was such a fun song to see live, and just to see like the two pits going at the same time, you know, just like going at it, like early yeah. in the day too, right? Which is kind of hard yeah, to get. First band on, first band on the stage, we gotta get them, get them going. So on the new album, you work with uh, John Feldman, a really amazing producer. Uh, I think that he has a way of bringing out things in bands that they didn't necessarily know they had in them, uh, you know, different influences. Did, did you guys find that in working with them? What was, what was your experience? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think because we've never worked with them before. We've always wanted to. A uh, bunch of bands that we know worked with him and, and it was just sort of that right time. And so we were sort of we were writing a bunch of stuff, you know, stuff that was like, we, we really like cast our net wide with what, what we did. And so towards the end, we were like, okay, so we, let's let's hone in a bit. And then that's when we got in with him. And he, it's true. He does bring stuff out in you that you... We were just like, he, he works so fast. He's just like, he's just like a, a machine. And it was a really cool experience. He was awesome. Uh, now, in terms of the sound of the new album, any kind of hints you can give away on uh, you know, what fans can expect, what, uh, what they should be looking for with the new sound? Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of music. I mean, it, it's like a, it's a journey of music, really. It, it's, fans should expect, hopefully, or we hope they will, will enjoy uh, what we think is something that they will be used to already with Sick Puppies, you know, without straying too far. But at the same time, like, we're covering the gamut. Like, we literally have done the heaviest music this band has ever done, uh, and then the complete opposite of that. So it's 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 one big journey in music that we really want to make uh, just cohesive like that, and it's really really excited for everybody to hear it. Something that's been really important for the band, um, even when they don't necessarily have an album out, is doing the shows overseas for the troops. Um, I think you've played all over the place. Uh, how did that come about, and when, you know when did that become something that you really wanted to make a part of Sick Puppies? Yeah, um, you know over the years we never really. We would watch bands do it, and we were always kind of like, oh, man, we want to get involved in that. And we finally teamed up with Armed Forces Entertainment, and um, they really helped us to, like, do a lot of cool stuff. We've been to, like, some crazy places that we would never thought we would ever go. And um, it's been an incredible experience playing for them and um, getting to just, like, give them some sort of, you know, like... I think the, the biggest thing is not only playing for them is awesome, but just getting to meet them and talk to them. I think they love that more than anything. And, and they're, they're, small, they're usually smaller, intimate, more intimate shows. So we really get to like actually hang out with them and talk with them and everything. So it's cool. And I, I think one of the, you uh, played some shows recently in Guantanamo Bay, was that? Yes, we went to Guantanamo met, Bay. It was crazy. It, 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 I don't think many people, let alone bands, get know what that experience is like. I I mean, what, what was that like? Oh, geeking out hard. I was just like, this is amazing. No one gets to go to Guantanamo Bay. Like, loved it. And we, and we swam in the, uh, the sea there, like, after. It was beautiful there. Oh, my God, it was beautiful. But it was kind of scary because, you know, you know, the, everyone knows about Guantanamo Bay. So it was a very, it was a little intimidating, like, you know, driving past some things. And um, it was really cool, though. It was just, like, just a nice historical, yeah, it was awesome. 
it's not what you would think, really. What people what people just think it's like this little island with prisoners on it. It's like an entire city with like six thousand troops on it. So it's literally like there's a mall, there's a there's fast food restaurants, there's you know it's an entire community. So it's crazy. Do you guys have a lot of security when you're on those trips? I mean, you don't really need it when you're, you, you literally are in the safest places in the world. by security. You, you really are. You really are. Because, like, that's what most people think. That's what we thought, too. But then we're like, wait, we're literally in the safest place. Like, like, yeah, yeah, there's, like, there's artillery everywhere. There's people with guns that actually know how to use them very well. So. One shot. Exactly. So, uh, Brian, for you in particular, it's going to be your second album with the, uh, with the band. Uh, what's the process been like, sort of, you know, uh, getting you know get not only in the live show but just getting a feel for the writing process and you know, how has everything sort of sunk in with you uh, in the band well I mean it's and it has for a while it's natural now and which is great I mean when you join something new and, and you're a fan of it already and just to be a part of it you're just kind of freaking out over it and you want to make it the best you can because you, you want to keep what you loved as a fan showing that to the fans you know you want to just keep that no skipping track and just keep keep the similarity for them but um, it just it's very natural now because I've been playing with them for so long you know and we really gelled very well and we're great friends and um, so it just you get out there and I, f- I feel like I've been playing the, with them since the beginning so which which is great especially when you continue to write like the first album it's kind of like okay how are we going to write we don't know we've never written together but fortunately it just worked too like we came up with a lot of great stuff for that and so now this time around we know how each other works and everybody's strengths and weaknesses and so it's just cool to really like we wanted to just top it like I think the idea is to just keep topping the album that you've done before and just make the best thing that you can and just keep love doing it now in terms of the live set I think there's kind of a special energy to playing as a trio um, you know everyone kind of has to bring something to it you know no one can sort of stand by on that I mean what's what's your mindset with the live show and just um, you know the kind of energy you bring to the stage yeah, I mean, it's just about being as tight as you can, I think, you know. It's, when you have a three-piece and there's not um, multiple, multiple other guitarists or keyboardists or all this stuff, you kind of really got to be able to play in your parts right. Uh, and, and we do that, you know. We, we live for rehearsing and making sure that our show is, is the best it can be for everybody. And um, But, you know, it's just a different animal when you get on that stage and people are going crazy, man. You kind of turn into some, some little hidden demon that you had inside you, and, and it's the most fun that we have, so... So, new album on the way. Uh, I think you have another tour uh, overseas coming up. Uh, what, uh, what can fans expect over the next uh, next few months uh, to look forward to? Uh, hope a single, hopefully. That's going to be the first thing we're going to announce, hopefully. And we're still in the works on what it's going to be. Because, like Brian said, we're trying to... There's a lot of... It's a good position to be in when you have a lot of stuff that you really like. So, it's it's like... What do you pick? You know, there's there's a lot of good stuff to pick from. So we're just we're stoked to be in that position. So yeah. excellent. But thank you for taking the time, and we'll see you down the road. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That was Sick Puppies. Check out their new album coming early 2020. I think it's going to be a good one. Always anything John Feldman touches is generally good. I love that guy. So yeah, that guy's that guy's amazing. Yeah, he uh, was the man behind Lead Sales Paper Anchor, one of my favorite albums. Yeah, and he worked with the he's worked with the Used and. So, uh, I think Story of the Year, so many of my favorite bands. You know, I didn't know he was in Goldfinger. Dude, come on. Until really? this year at Warp Tour. Yeah, dude, he's like, yeah. when you, and that guy has so much energy if you mm-hmm. see them perform live. Yeah. He's just like a Mexican jumping thing, <laughs> just like all over, just like, dude, a little happy man. <laughs> I was like, he's so wait, fun. he's that guy from that? Yes. What? Yes, so. yes, Mike, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so our, closing out our trio of interviews, uh, we've got an album cover to close out with. Yeah. Uh, it's 
I guess I don't know if singer songwriter is the right terminology for him, mm, uh, but artist, artist, artist and musician, bon vivant. Uh, Evan, what was that? I don't know what that means, but I've heard people (laughs) say it, so I went with it. Uh, it's fancy. Okay, (laughs) we're high class here. Uh, Evan Conrad, a Canadian. Yeah, yeah, he's super cool. I um, I came across him not that long ago, like maybe a couple of months ago, I think. Um, I saw his cover of was it Black Hole Sun? Black Hole Sun. by Chris Soundgarden. Or Soundgarden, Chris Cornell, you know. And I was like, oh my God, like it's beautiful. Like he did such a beautiful cover of that song. So really excited to be able to chat with him. Yeah, it's such a cool like piano driven, like dark take on the song. Really good stuff. A uh, really interesting guy, very kind of do it yourself. Like he does the writing and producing yeah. and the recording and does all that. And so we talked to him about that and uh, caught up with the process. And I think you can be hearing a lot more from Evan Conrad soon. Absolutely. Live at Aftershock backstage, hanging out with Evan Conrad. Thanks hey, for hey. taking a few minutes. Anytime. Uh, so let's, I mean, let's start with the setting here, here at Aftershock, third day. What's what's the festival experience like for you? I mean, for some people, I guess it's like rock and roll summer camp. <laughs> what's it like for you out here today? Uh, I mean, I kind of handle festivals really chill. I'm usually just with friends or my girlfriend and my manager and stuff. And we just like to take the day really easy and just enjoy it take it in watch as many bands as possible try to meet some people and and it's just been really great man like i felt really good about the set cool no um let's kind of start at the beginning of your story because it's really uh, not not necessarily the beginning but um Mm -hmm. the story of you getting signed is really interesting uh, and uh, (laughs) involves uh, a soundcloud uh, yeah uh, discovery so how did that come about and how did the journey start for you? Well, I mean, I was just making songs in my basement, basically, for a few years. Um, and then my manager uh, happened to have, uh, you know, he knew Jason Flom through different uh, things in life. I can't remember what the story was, but he ended up, um, Jason was coming through Toronto. So we met up with Amir and, and uh, my manager and, and then... Uh, he just played him a song, basically, in a food court that they were meeting at, yeah. just to get grab, uh, grab a quick bite to eat. And uh, Flom basically said, we got to fly this kid to New York, like, tomorrow. <laughs> so I basically was going from, like, making these songs and wondering how I was even going to continue making yeah. music anymore uh, to being flown to New York and kind of getting my life turned around and now like that was basically a year ago from right now and now I'm wow. sitting here with you so Jeez. it's you know it's been really amazing but super strange <laughs> <laughs> no uh, your creative process is very kind of DIY I mean you're, yeah. you're writing you're recording you're producing yeah um, what, what's that mindset for you in writing a song when it's kind of it's it's just you in the room uh, how do how do you go about that um, I mean it's never just me usually I have friends that I love to collaborate with and yeah. stuff um, but I'm always sort of moving things around and making sure that this and directing this the, the situation but also leaving room for things to to come in and and then then I take it sort of into my space and yeah. start carving and that's just chaos <laughs> it's it's a bunch of stuff that doesn't make sense to me until all of a sudden it does and like I feel like because I'm working on so many songs at once I'm I'm fortunate enough to be able to have some that are done and also take time on others because I don't really like to put um, a time limit on any work sometimes a song can fit uh, fit together in like 
15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is and then sometimes it takes like four months sometimes I've been working on stuff for two years yeah you know I like to just come at it when uh, it's re it's ready, but that means there's a lot of things happening all at once, so it's chaos. It's yeah. total chaos. How, I mean, what's <laughs> that point? How do you know a song when? What, what's that point when you say, okay, this song's ready? It, let's just, say on one of those that you're working on for four months. At what point is, okay, this is the final form? It's when I can completely envision myself as someone else listening to it and just enjoying it and not hearing the individual parts that I've been sort of tinkering with for four months or two years or whatever it is <laughs> and um, and I'm just enjoying what's there and yeah that's just a honestly trial and error it's like literally just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what <laughs> what works so yeah it's just a feeling mostly it's just like I'll just know yeah. So you have a, a pretty wide uh, wide spectrum of musical influences. First concert, <laughs> Rush. Yeah. Uh, I think I read that um, a big classical fan and Mozart. Mm -hmm. uh, how do all those things play together um, and create who you are now as a musician? Um, what, what was the, the connection with all those different parts? Man, it just takes time. I think like it's just developing, for me it was just developing my taste and trying a lot of different types of music and writing different types of songs from my teen years up till, till now. Um, and then all of a sudden it just, I think if you do that enough, at least for me, it just sort of became its own mesh. Like everything that, you, that I love just sort of fit together is, and, and it starts feeling like an honest self-expression of all the things that I love and now it's being turned into something hopefully that other people will love too, and, you know? Uh, in terms of your songwriting, yeah. uh, there's a the, um, strong kind of storytelling, kind of a narrative element to yeah. it. Um, how did that play into it? Where, how did you develop that part of your writing? Um, I, I guess for me, I, I, I was more interested in telling stories than talking about myself. Um, so and, and also music is a, is a great way for me to sort of understand and reflect back the world around me. So if telling these stories and writing these stories just helps me understand things and I think that's where the strong narrative comes from. It's sort of like a weird self-expression through other people's stories. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you did a, a really cool cover of uh, Soundgarden's Black Hole Sun. Oh, thank you. A really cool take, kind of a little you know, dark piano element yeah. to it. Uh, How did you decide on that song and was that something you always had in mind? How did that come um, about? It wasn't always something I had in mind but it just sort of when I was looking for songs to cover, it just really resonated with me. I, I, the I mean, the chords are so great, the melodies are so great. I was just, I was really inspired by maybe just where I could take, possibly take the song, and bring it more into my world. And and then, just through playing it over the past couple of years, I just, I don't know, I just got really like. It, it, it also reminds me of my childhood. Like I grew up listening to Soundgarden around the house because my dad would play those records and. It just felt really weird and full circle for me. You know, I, I didn't really overthink it. It was just sort of like, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. Kind of cool homage to your upbringing there. Yeah, and Chris Cornell, like, he played actually a really huge influence on my songwriting at an early age. I loved his solo record, his first yeah. one, uh, Euphoria Morning, I think it's called. There's some songs on there that are truly spectacular, and, and I obviously love Soundgarden too, so it was just, yeah, it kind of just made sense. So, um, <laughs> wh where do you go from here? Still um, continuing in the songwriting mindset, yeah. get on the road? What what's, what are the next, uh, next few months hold for you? Um, I mean, there's always things sort of like coming up, so there's a f couple of possible tours that I can't really talk about yet, but 
Um, I'm also headed down to LA tomorrow to do some writing and recording for the next batch of songs and, and I'll just continue that throughout the fall and the winter uh, until it's done and then yeah hopefully fit some shows in around there and then put out a put out an EP in the new year are you I, I imagine you're the type that sort of the the songwriting gears are always turning the creative yeah. gears are always turning in your head too. sometimes to my detriment yeah for sure <laughs> excellent well Evan Conrad thanks so much for thank you with. anytime yeah thanks for having me that is a wrap on Aftershock dun, dun, dun. 2019 Let's hope my voice comes back. That's that's true. You sound really horrible. Right now. <laughs> Next week, the best of Rock and Vino. <laughs> as we recover, uh, yeah, quite a weekend of live music. So many great things. So many great acts. Before we close this out, we got to mention next year's aftershock. Oh, jeez, that's right. Come on now, bearing the lead there. Yeah, Louise. So, if you thought this line, this year's lineup uh, was big. Uh, wait till next year when they ramp it up like tenfold. Yeah, man. Double double days of Metallica. Two headlining. nights of Metallica. Uh, five festivals across the country. Danny Wimmer presents Metallica yeah. headlining two nights, Friday and Sunday for all five of those festivals. The last one being Aftershock in Sacramento. And with that being kind of like the hometown festival makes it, I mean, sort of hometown adjacent festival yeah. uh, that makes it even bigger. So... If you have not been to Aftershock yet, or even if you have, just get your tickets. Yeah, they are on sale now, 365 days in advance, Absolutely. so you have no excuse. It's the first year they've done that, I think, right? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Announcing next year's festival before the first one even began. At what point do you announce the rest of the lineup? Like, I don't do know. Do you just announce like two bands a week for the next 52 weeks? I think they should because I'm just ex- I'm. I mean, this year was so epic. I cannot wait for next year. Oh, absolutely. Like, I just want to fast forward and just go again right now. I'm ready. Uh, congrats to all of the crew at Danny Wimmer Presents. Who I mean, this festival has grown a long way from where oh, it yeah. started. I mean, to one stage in the middle of Discovery Park to taking up all of Discovery Park. And I think this year it really took the reins and... Uh, just a huge, amazing success. Yes, amazing, epic, awesome. All of the all of the above. all of the words. Bon vivant. <laughs> all right, thanks, guys, and uh, don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for new shows. Final note: What's that? I have to mention. Mm-hmm. Shout out to our winner, Amanda. Oh, Amanda! Congrats to Amanda, who took home a four pack of tickets. And a stylish rock and vino glass, arguably the bigger part of the prize. The most legit prize ever. So we'll have to follow up and see how it went. Hopefully they had fun. I know they were big Slipknot fans, and I believe yeah. Bring Me the Horizon too. So yes. uh, shout out to Amanda and crew. Thanks for checking out Rock and Vino, and hope you like us and subscribe and give us more than four stars. <laughs> yeah, we got you on the show, man. Exactly. That's five stars. All right. Well, thanks, everybody. <laughs>